Before we begin with the uh, part one of this episode, I clearly had to break this down into two parts because it was about uh, close to two and a half, three hours long. And um, th there's a lot of um, good stuff that was covered. And I just feel like uh, it would be a disservice to make you guys listen to the entire thing. So um, what we'll do is we'll just go ahead and uh, jump right into part one. Before we begin, um, you guys ready to go or do you need a few minutes or are we all set? Uh, I'm ready when you are. Cool. Born ready. Let's do this. All righty. Let's burn the world down. Start 2021 off with a with a bang. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special episode of the Dodgeball Podcast. Um, we're going to do it. We're going to do the Nationals recap quarterfinals of this hypothetical, make-believe, just-for-fun uh, tournament. And um, kind of at a weird time because this is still technically my my break. Um, so this is kind of like season four extended, season 4.5, what have you. Um, I'm going to talk through this real quick, and then I'll introduce the panel. Um I just wanted to, to preface this with a few things. Uh, first of all, I don't know if this needed to be said or or whatnot, but this is definitely not endorsed by any in any way by Elite Dodgeball or USA Dodgeball. So, Mark, Jake, I apologize in advance uh, for any flack you may receive. I doubt it. Again, this is all just for fun. But I just want to make sure that um, this was not something that uh, this is just purely make believe and something that me and Justin are running with and have the fortunate to have a lot of people that want to contribute and have fun. So, just want to clear that. Um, with respect to some of the silence and the delay in getting this actually out, um, I personally have had a lot of stuff going on in between the holidays. Um, I won't bore anybody to death about it, but um, this was initially supposed to be released before the new year, but uh, life happens. But hey, here we are. So um, I guess with all that being said, um, I kind of just wanted to maybe just skip the rest. Uh, maybe I'll go back to it. Maybe I won't. But um, we'll just introduce the panel because I've been talking for longer than I'm comfortable with. So We'll start with uh, Sean. Sean, how you doing, man? I'm good, Steve. Excited <laughs> to be here. Thanks for being here, man. So uh, Sean Wheeler's here. He'll be kind of helping us represent the West. And uh, Justin, how about you? You go next. Doing pretty good. You know, it's a Monday. I didn't have work today. Pretty good. Yeah. It's a Happy plus. Martin Luther King Day to everybody. Yes, indeed. Um, Chris de Jesus, how about you, man? How you doing? Pretty good. I'm excited to be here. Uh, see some of these faces. I miss you guys. I haven't seen any of you in uh, over a year, so uh, just happy to see you guys and be talking with you. For sure, man. And so obviously, you and Justin will be helping uh, with the East. Um, and then uh, Lucas, I'm getting your name right finally, right? You can you correct nailed me. it. Hey, everybody, Lucas Boyle. Um, I miss dodgeball, and so the next best thing is talking about dodgeball. So I'm glad to be here and. Uh, and share this night with you guys. Yep. You'll also be helping with the West as well as uh, just, I don't know, like I think you have a really good perspective and kind of interested to hear it. Also really glad I'm getting your name right, um, finally, uh, after all these years. And then, uh, Brett, how are you doing, man? Good, Steve. What's going on, man? Going good. Feels like we we just talked, even though it was like probably about a month ago already. <laughs> podcast yeah, I, I, mean, episode. I love being in our circle man we uh we get to chat all the time 
And I want everybody to know I did as little research as possible. So I, I don't come in with any kind of preconceived notion. So I want you all fighting for your team. Nice. <laughs> and then last but not least, Vaughn, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. I'm you know, pretty excited about getting this going. This is a pretty cool thing. So it was fun talking through the South and listening to all the other regions. So now kind of throwing it all together is going to be cool. Also, everyone on the stream, just to preface, this blue room is not my bedroom, so don't judge me. <laughs> I think you're good. Uh, looks like Elf is asking <laughs> Lou. Belongs uh, to a 14-year-old girl. Oh, that's right, because we were just talking about your, your ring light, too. Lighting looks really good, by the way. Nice complexion. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> uh, before we begin or go further, Alfred's asking Lou, uh, what are you eating? Looks like you're trying to sneak something there. Oh, perfect timing. Got a mouthful. <laughs> we'll come back to that. But uh, all right. Well, um, I think, Chris, you kind of you nailed it, man. I, I realized um, doing the podcast, I've had the luxury of being able to talk to people um, all over the place last year. It was definitely one of those like really nice, humbling moments. Um, it, it, it almost made it seem like even though we weren't playing dodgeball, dodgeball still kind of uppermost in my mind. I don't know if you can agree, Justin, but we kind of had that luxury and um, I really didn't realize how cut off um, from our social sphere that we really were. So that's a good point, man. But um, th and that's kind of what I was going back to with uh, the reason why I wanted to do this episode was like Lucas put it like we, we miss dodgeball. So the next best thing is to talk about it. Um, I know we did get some kind of not I won't say flack, but there was just some 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 feedback or or criticism, dare I say that word, about um this hypothetical thing. But I imagine that's just gonna happen. And um before I get on a pedestal, it's just one of those things where like, well, we're gonna we're gonna keep talking about dodgeball because we can't play it. So uh, that being said, you know, please take whatever we decide and discuss with a grain of salt. Um we do have a lot of um feedback that I can draw from. Um I launched a quick Instagram story survey of every single matchup. Thank you to everyone that voted. Um, that was really cool. The survey got a few responses. Um, obviously, anyone in the, in the chat is more than welcome to chime in and say, no, you're wrong, or bring up a factor that we might have missed. But um, I think between all that, I, th I think we're going to give it our best shot. And you know, the best thing is, this is make-believe. So uh, if you disagree, it could have happened any other way. But um, what I think we'll do is we'll, we'll pull up the matchup. Um, and we'll kind of just go down the line. Um, we can do order of Sean, Justin, Chris, Lou, Brett, and Vaughn. And uh, if you guys want to chime in, feel free to do so. Maybe do the East Coast raise a hand thing. Um, I'm going to kind of take a step back and just kind of be a more of a moderator, as well as provide some some data points that I found. But um, if you guys are ready, um, we'll go ahead and begin, and um, let's just see how this turns out. So, if you're looking at the bracket, um, first of all, who made this thing? Um, was it you, Lou, or was it Justin, or both of you guys? Like, how did this beautiful thing come to our into our hands? I made like a a crappy version, and then Lou took my crappy version and made it beautiful. I I like I said. I mean, we need cool stuff. We need good stuff to look at. We need dodgeball to talk about. So I was happy to happy to lend my my graphic design skills. I will take credit that I did reach out to him and ask him to fix it and make it better. So that's the one thing I will take credit for. I mean, that's like... I knew he would make a better version than I would. That's like three-fourths of the battle. Like, it's guaranteed you're going to get a good product. And uh, just random trivial facts. So, uh, Lou, you designed uh, season four's album cover. Um, I threw a bunch of stuff at you, and my God, you just made this beautiful masterpiece. 
and then even through a bonus with a, another edition or version of it um, that I used for season four. So um, it's really awesome seeing more content coming out of you and that I get to benefit. So thank you for that. And um, as soon as I saw this bracket, I was like, uh, well, there's absolutely no turning back now. This is way too official and um, gave me the idea to run a contest. So um, I did receive quite a few brackets that were submitted. Um, obviously, if you're listening to this, it's too late at this point. So those who have submitted it are locked in. And, um, you know, the winner will go a hoodie and I think a $50 Amazon gift card. So just kind of want to see more stuff like this. If we're not playing dodgeball, um, absolutely want to go into state versus state or, uh, I don't know, vowels versus another vowel, like just more dodgeball to happen and more engagement. So um, with that being said, let's just go right into the first matchup. So first one, I'm um, just going down the line, is going to be Crisis versus Havoc. So... Again, could try to make this orderly, but um, we'll just kind of start with Sean. I mean, um, what, what are your thoughts on on this matchup? And again, this is 8.5. Um, you know, we're just going to assume all both teams are fresh, or all teams are fresh. There was no, like, um, if there was a round robin, um, you got all the crap out of the way. Um, each team is firing on all cylinders. They're well-rested, well-fed. Perfect scenario. Beautiful weather. Again, it's like somewhere in the Midwest. Uh, not too hot, not too cold. So we can get rid of that crap. But... Um, Crisis versus Havoc. Sean, what's your take? Uh, yeah, this one for me is a pretty easy Crisis win. Um, Havoc losing Andy in the offseason to Rise. Um, I think he was, you know, in the year before that, uh, they lost Brody to Crisis. Um, so they've just kind of been um, draining talent the last couple of years, and they still have some like really solid players um, and they've been together for a long time. So they definitely like know each other. And I think they added stop back this year, which helps, but um, I, I don't know. I just don't think uh, in my opinion, it's just not, there's just not enough crisis is too, uh, too big a hammer um, on that one for me. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I think all things, would have to go Havoc's way for them to win. They'd have to get multiple double kills. They'd have to make some really big deep catches to even compete in that match. But uh, just so we go over it, their roster totally changed. So they added Stott, like we talked about. They added Gage from from uh, Arizona, CJ Booger from, from Ohio. They added Dakota Paulson, who's a guy who plays out of uh, Denver. So it's a it's a completely new roster. Did, did they no lose, one... lose Ronk too, though? Is From that what right? they told me was Ronk was was on the fence. Was it possible going to play? Did, Not sure. Because I think he so moved to Carolina, so I think it was going to be like harder for him to. Well, based on their roster, they don't have anyone who's in the same place. From what I can tell, I guess Tim, Emilio, and 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 uh, basically the only people who are in the same area. Hmm. So everyone else is coming from different areas. I guess Stott and Gage are both in the same area so but yeah it's a it's a totally different roster than what they would have played ever before so with gage um sorry dude but the kids mostly foam uh we're talking about 8.5 so i don't know what um again sorry i don't mean this by the wrong way but there, there's there's obviously a learning curve with 8.5 i mean with alan tim uh emilio some of the guys have been used to playing it there isn't um so much of a it's not new to them, uh, so I wonder if that would impact them. Um, I do want to mention Alan has been working out like a beast, very hungry, very 
channeling the the rage um you know against rise uh do you guys think that's a factor at all um to make up for maybe losing uh ronk or this new this new team i think uh alan might be able to rein him in a little bit get him to play more of that team style that rise has always played but i think only having a year under their belt and it being so new I, I think it'd be interesting to watch, but I don't think they pull it out. Yeah, that's uh So Alfred saying um adding Stott is a fantastic pickup, as well as CJ and Dakota. Um huge arms, but there's still far too many unknowns. Um going against Crisis off the bat, I mean Crisis, I, I don't think there's anything major with them. I mean, did they mention Brian was was gonna be part of this season before COVID? Do you remember that, Justin? Uh Catchum said that Ryan was gonna be met, still part of the team if I think he's now retired after COVID. Post COVID. But, but he been. was under the impression that he was still gonna be playing if if COVID hadn't happened at all. But yeah. they also they would have lost they did lose somebody from their roster, I believe. I'm trying to think of it, because you got Pyan, Brody, Brett, Tad, Ryan. Maddox. There you go. I guess that's the set that had they had seven, so yeah. Yeah. Sean, that's right. That's the same roster they had last year, right? Yeah, it would be the same. I mean, if Brian was coming back and then if Brett was coming back, then it'd be the same roster as far as I know. Yeah, I think that's, uh, you know, given Allen and his new beast mode uh, motivation mentality, I mean, catch him. You could say the same thing about catch him. He's, he's only gotten faster and, and scarier, and he had his uh, septum issue fixed. I guess he can breathe at full capacity now. So it kind of counteracts that and then some, I think. Um, Chris, I mean, coming from, you know, across the U.S., what, what do you think about those two teams? Do you have any input? Uh, yeah, I mean, the real big thing uh, is that they, they lost, Havoc lost Andy, because last year they were the best team to not finish top four in a region. That. They smoked through their round robin, and they were the top of the non-top four teams. Uh, so they went eight and one in their round robin in the Nationals last year. They beat Heat, Notorious, Team Awesome, Kaiju, Lone Star, and they 2 0 all those teams except for Heat. Um, and then they 4-0'd Lone Star in the bracket and lost 2-4 to to Crisis. Um, so that team last year, though, had a lot more continuity. I think with this year's team, with all the changes, I don't think they're able to smoke through or, you know, put up the best fight in round robin out of those, um, you know, non-top four teams. But um, it, it would be more interesting. I think it would be like a 1-4 game, but I, I just don't think they, they have that same uh, continuity anymore, and that that's the big thing right there. Um, you know, CJ is a good player. He has a strong arm. Uh, Gage is probably going to have like a lot of um, a learning curve. But uh, and then Allen, you know, he's a good player, but I just don't think it's enough uh, for what they lost to make up for it. Yeah, at least uh, we're at the gates. So, sorry, just were you gonna say something? Or no, no, I just agree. Yeah, G- good point. I-, I completely forgot about Andy. Um, I mean, that's that's a huge loss, um, huge gain for Rise. And I would think, uh, you know, Alan, not not just the whole gym thing, but what he would bring to the table uh, from playing Rise's program for so long, might be able to rein him in. But like you said, maybe it'd be like a four-one, four-two. If you watched Alan, Alan's played co-ed with Havoc before, and he's he's he is disciplined. I feel like he's more disciplined on Rise because of Tim than he is when he's played with Havoc without Tim. So I I don't necessarily 100% believe that Allen would be bringing Rise's program because 
I always felt like Alan was a little more of a product of the Rise program as opposed to like a pedagogue of it. But so you think he'd yeah, like? I feel like he might re revert away from the Rise program. Yeah, might be excited to be not so tamed down. That's a good point. I have a I have a couple of comments. Um, first of all, I think Havoc always shows up in in big moments, and I think Steve, you, and Justin talked about this in the West Regionals that. They they rise to the occasion, which is which is I I think like a a, a unique get talent. Um, so I think that's important to acknowledge. I think the other thing to mention is that these teams are going to be familiar with each other, having played in the same region. Um, so Christ is is going to know kind of what they're getting into with havoc. Um, kind of looking at crisis, I think they have like maybe the highest ceiling of any team in the tournament, but they also play like a very high variance style of dodgeball. So I do see like Havoc being able to maybe take advantage of things that don't go Crisis's way. Um, and so I could see them taking a couple games, but um, I do think that that kind of um, just level of talent that Crisis has is just going to be unstoppable in this matchup and so i i'm going with like a 4-2 victory yeah i will say with that that i played with havoc two years ago at nationals and they are one of the most fun teams to play on when they get momentum because when they get momentum it's hard to shake them and they ride that wave until it dies see how um, so you kind of mentioned it uh lou with like I wonder if, if they might have been able to get a couple games off them off the bat because maybe Crisis kind of, I don't want to say took them lightly, but like you said, they would know what to expect. And there's always that one little, like, um, I don't know what the word would be, but like they just would get a jump on them. And that's why we would think you'd see two to four. Um, I don't, what's, what was that hand sign? Um, oh. I, well, I mean, Crisis, one of their bread and butters is their rush, right? Yeah. Like having Brody do a quick check and slam someone with the ball. And so if if you can come out of that, like not getting hit or getting him out on a counter throw right off the bat, you, you kind of have an edge or you're kind of taking away one of their best things. So I could see over the course of a, a best of seven, um, you know, that that rush not going according to plan. Um, I, I did want to ask the group something about this mysterious Dakota that we keep hearing about. Like, what is the ultimate, like, first impression that a player has made in, like, 8.5? Like, like if this guy was the greatest prospect that we've ever seen in dodgeball, like, who's made, like, the greatest first impression? So I'll just, just Levine. a little backstory. A little backstory behind him. He went to Sin City... And that's where people saw him last year at Sin City. And that's where Havoc picked him up, basically. He made as a good enough impression at Sin City that they basically added him to the team right there and then. Um, but again, I think Denver is mostly a no-sting league. So probably not also a you know a continual a continuous 8.5 player. So it's a different realm for him as well. But Lou, to answer your question, I think Levine showing up like he was beast at UDC, got invited to nationals a month later, had never picked up an 8.5, shows up and takes, what was that team's name even? Space uh, Cowboys. Cadet, or, space, yeah, space, space Cadets. Cadets. We were just 
they were i mean they were kind of like not very good for most of the season and they finished top four and like if you go watch some of those games no one knows what to do with matt they just like they've never seen it he catches everything he's hitting all his counters like and every team in the east wanted to pick him up after two days of dodgeball so i don't know if i've ever seen anyone make a bigger splash definitely agree with that yeah, they they knocked us out. So, or they knocked us into the loser bracket. So, I definitely rem- I was one of the teams that Matt kind of destroyed in his wake. <laughs> uh, but I'd be um, I'd be really curious to see, you know, how fast Dakota could pick up 8.5. I feel like traditionally it takes like a, a year plus for a player to really get enough like arm strength and stamina to like be super effective as a thrower. But um yeah, but I think a fun thing to think about. Definitely. Um, so do we all agree crisis is anyone is anyone saying they don't think crisis is going to move on what do you think Vaughn you haven't weighed in yet no I mean I pretty much agree with everything I think Lou took a lot of um, what I would have had to say about it I think them losing Andy's a big thing adding Alan um, is a big thing too I just don't think it puts them over the top I think I think their biggest advantage is playing a more controlled game, whereas Crisis can tend to um, get a little looser and a little wilder. And if they can control that, maybe they can steal a few games from them. Um, Especially, you know, if they were hypothetically playing through three rounds before Nationals, maybe they would realize they had to play that more calm and consistent game. Um, But I just don't think there's enough there. I think there's too much turnover to beat a team like Crisis, who's now had you know, a few seasons of 8.5 under their belt, plus, you know, whatever they played at UPC. Um, so I, I just think experience and, and talent-wise, this crisis is going to take it uh, both ways. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's, that's pretty fair. And then, I mean, that, that echoes the polls. So if you guys, if you guys aren't in the dock or if you are, um, 69 said crisis, 12 havoc. So it was 85 to 50, 15% uh, difference there. So, I mean... At this point, even even the the masses kind of agree with this one. Um, yeah, I think that's you know, I think maybe next year. Well, I guess it would be this year. We'd, we'd probably see a stronger havoc. Maybe they reined in some of the issues. Um, Gage might be more of a factor since he's kind of been baptized in eight point five. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely not gonna be the outlier here and say uh, no, havoc's gonna win. Um, what you got, Lucas? Uh, I. I think Brett is evidence of this, but Havoc seems to have this ability to just recruit like crazy. And I'm not sure if it's Emilio. Brett, tell us who re- who's the core of this recruiting power. Um, I I think Andy was actually the first one to reach out to me. Huh. Yeah. So I definitely see them like you know like rebuilding, getting stronger, like in the off season. There's they're always super active. There's always changeover on that roster. Gotcha. Um, I'm glad you brought that up because I almost glossed over this comment from um, one harsh one harsh truth. So kind of kind of into recruiting, but he says or she says every whoever this person is, everyone always says their random person from nowhere has the strongest arm. So I mean, this Dakota person, uh, maybe it's not, maybe it's not know to catch him. I don't know. We I guess we'd have to see before we could really maybe win on, on, on that aspect, but, uh, Dakota, if you're out there, just, just send us like, like 30 seconds of you throwing an 8.5 <laughs> at a wall, just so we can like 
comment. Like that's that's how desperate we are. Just please. Yeah. Then we could talk about like potential rookie of twenty twenty. Who would have been? Who would have been? But um. Steve, that reminds me of like when we were in middle school and somebody asked if we had a girlfriend. Said, "Yeah, she just lives in Canada. You don't oh, no. know her." Yep. <laughs> or she goes <laughs> to another school. I think that was the the easier way out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I ever had to make that excuse for myself. <laughs> Okay, so crisis. They move on. Um, again, I don't think that was a huge surprise, just based on the polls. Um, let's move on to uh, something we definitely need a lot of help with. Um, so, notorious versus goat. Um, while you guys are discussing, we'll start with Justin. Um, I'm going to pull up a comment that I got from uh, from Wes. Um, what do you think, Justin? In this matchup? Yep. Uh, I think this matchup is one of the reasons why we changed our team up a little bit uh, in the offseason. We wanted to get faster. We wanted to get more agile and to be able to to beat a team similar to Notorious. Um, because I feel like Notorious is, is really good coming forward, but not as good on the counter. And with all the speed that we added, I think that's where we be advantage. That's where our biggest advantage would be. Not necessarily me, but the rest of my team would be on the speed and and the, on the counterattack. So I think it would be definitely a close game. You know, I think if you ran this 100 times, it would probably be like 52 to 48. Or, you know, it's going to be super close along the lines. So It's funny because the polls reflect that as, also, uh, as well. 37, 36. Yeah. I, I thought it was going to be a little bit more of a gap since I last checked, but uh, no. <laughs> and um, Wes, he says... Uh, Notorious is a one and zero lifetime against Goat. Just saying, so they do have one up on you. Um, they did. They beat us in nationals in uh, in Minnesota. That's good to know. Um, so your thought? I mean, obviously, are you going to pull for your team with this one, or you want to stay neutral? I'll stay. I'm going to abstain from it. I don't feel like it's fair for me to vote in this. You know, well, and yourself. just so everyone knows, as Justin was saying, they changed their roster. So Goat this year is Justin, Edgar Fox, but they added Tyrell, um, Dean, Ty Frazier, Sam Jones, uh, Tama, and they kept Nar from last year as well. So quite a different roster um, for what you've seen in the past. Mm -hmm. So do we want to cover any uh, notorious changes? Um, any big moves that we might want to reiterate? Um, I know Lucas, you so, mentioned rosters. So they added Tom. They have the same roster, oh, yeah. but they added Tom Moreland, which is a is a pretty big addition for them. He played. Brett, you probably could speak to him better than anybody. Yeah. So Tom actually went to uh, Miami University in Ohio and then played for Ohio Legacy for a couple of years. Um, I, w I will say Tom is one of probably one of the most well-rounded players I I've seen play the game. I think that pickup is huge for them. And I think that with, with the roster that they have, that Tom's only going to be complimenting that because as much as he was leaned on in Ohio legacy, he can be more of a role player that, you know, he, he can settle into a role, get into a rhythm. And, and I think that, they're going to be a tough squad if they can figure out how to play together from the top down. If it's more of a, more of a democracy and that, that team chemistry is coming from everybody and it's not one person leading them into battle, I think they're going to be a really tough team. Hmm. 
Yeah, for this one, Lucas and I talked a little earlier about, like, for some of the closer matches, like, things we would think would need to go each team's way for them to possibly win. Um, and to kind of echo what Justin was saying, um, we felt like for GOAT to win, they would have to um, definitely keep away from throwing catches. Um, Torres has some really good catchers. Uh, they need to get Riley out early. Um and then make the game, like he was saying, they they would want to play a, a little more of a transition game um, because when we talked about it, we felt like if it got into a more like um, three and three battle, uh, Notorious had big advantages uh, when the game gets slowed down. Um, I think Ty is a huge pickup for that. I think Ty, uh, coming kind of from more of the Midwest background, I think he, he understands that counter game a lot, and I think that would be a, a, a huge disruptor for a game with notorious chris what do you think man um uh so i've played against tom and you know i've watched this game because i'm a former ncda player myself so um i remember one key moment that i like one thing i remember about tom is that you know he has a really strong arm he uh destroyed my teammate uh tj uh we were playing in a tournament out in the north with some random teams and uh it was the craziest face shot like you could hear it across the gym it was like dang but he also was like making catches like uh brett said he, he really can do more than just throw he can catch he can dodge he's a smarter player than probably we think and i think uh if notorious featured him right uh they could take a big step forward because i think with legacy i think he's where he came from uh teams could just easily target tom and get him out and that's probably their game plan was get tom out and then the rest of the team will be you know uh easier win but uh i don't think that'll be the case anymore uh you know, with uh, Michael Riley and, um, you know, Breeze and all those other guys on the team. Uh, so they use him right. But also for GOAT, uh, they made some really big moves, and they're going to be extremely hard to get out. And I don't know uh, if Notorious has the arm strength to get those guys out. You know, Sam Jones is really fishy, slippery. Tyrell and Dean and Ty, they're all, like, super agile, uh, super athletic uh it, it's ridiculous how, how how slippery those guys are and then tama uh is pretty underrated uh he has a really strong arm and uh he, he plays middle for each of the teams he's played on and he's one of those guys who could slide out late game if you know the corner gets out so i think uh he also i, I just think uh, goat definitely improved their roster a lot um notorious made a big move and they'll have the continuity advantage but i think talent Wise and, and being able to stay alive, uh, goat, goat would be good if their chemistry got uh, pretty good over the year. Hmm. I will say also about uh about the kids that we pulled in, Ty, Tyrell, Dean, Tama, all sort of played on teams where they were always sort of the first players targeted, and they were all really excited about coming into goat and being sort of a part of a team, opposed to sort of being centralized and and always sort of picked off. And I think that is going to help a lot of their uh, confidence and their their growth and maturity going forward, just sort of being part of a team opposed to just being individuals on a, on a team. Justin, I wanted to pick your brain, and it's, it's a, a benefit that we have you on the panel so we can ask you what your strategy would be. But you lose the coin toss, you have the burden. Like, how are you guys attacking this team? Like, where are you Where are you going first? And like, what's your method? Uh, I mean, I think, so after playing them that one tournament, it was pretty clear that Mike definitely loves to push the line. 
So we have to definitely cover ourselves. Uh, I think he probably be our number one target trying to get him out so that that affects their push. Um, but I would really want to work on our counter on whatever number 37 is, the big lefty that plays corner for them. Nick. Just as Nick. <laughs> yeah. He's wide open on every sign he throws, basically. So a counter on him, take him out. I think that hurts their arm factor. Um, so that's where I would start with our focus on those two players. So, But if, if, if you guys have Burden and Riley has a ball, are you still targeting him first? No, because he's got a ball. He's too easy to – he's too good at blocking. So we'd work off – I mean, maybe get Wes. It, it would work – we'd work off whoever doesn't have a ball would be our number one target. So I want to add real quick, um, Jenny, uh, so she says, Dean and Terrell are very elusive and so annoying to play against. I feel like that uh, GOAT as a team would have become overall an elusive team. Um, like Sean said, if they concentrate on not throwing catchable balls, Notorious would struggle against GOAT's style of play. So as long as you guys were able to keep that up, um, not get hit. Um, sounds like Jenny's kind of pulling for you guys. Um, you guys want to play the hero and... Um, you know, have less pressure. And then uh, Alfred says, Notorious generally isn't a dodging team. They either go for the catch, great hands are raw, or get out. So um, with all the ads, I mean, are you, are you thinking you've, you've got a little bit more accuracy to your lineup, uh, Justin? Yeah, I think we're more accurate, more agile, harder harder team to hit. We probably lost a little bit of, of power because we lost Dre, who was definitely our biggest arm. But I think what we added is a bigger gain going forward yeah i mean for me this one's this one's tough for me because you know it's two totally different styles you have notorious who's going to be more of a power team and goat who's going to be um, a lot faster i'm going to play more of a counter game um and i think it comes down to how well does goat um, gel together with the new guys um you know if you have tyrell or dean or ty or tama um are they going to be controlled enough to not take that big shot, everyone countering all at once um, and losing ball control. You know, are they going to be able to settle into roles and, and understand who's doing what? Um, it's, you know, this is a, like a, this is a coin flip for me. I really, I really don't know. I think if goat meshes well, they, they stand a really good shot of beating notorious notorious has the continuity. Um, so, you know, it's, it's really tough for me to say they're just two totally different styles that are, are going to be playing here. Sam and Nar, you know, are both really experienced have, you know, good heads on their shoulders. You know, Sam has a good arm. He's smart. Um, Nar's smart. You have Justin Edgar, smart players. It's it's really going to come down to the new guys and how well do they mesh with each other and um, not try and be the hero all the time. So, like, discipline. I would say also, in the one matchup we played them, I feel like the, the court we played them on had a big factor. We played on the end court, and they had the wall two out of the three matches. We won... The team that had the wall won all three matches, which was a huge factor. Lou, you guys played on that same court against them. When they had the wall, they just stood up there on the front line and pounded and pounded and pounded and got the ball back every time. And there was no, like, you either caught it or you got out, basically. Um, so, I mean, in our you know imaginary bell dome, I'm not sure if if the ball comes back off the wall as quickly as it does. No, it's, it's perfect. In the, state, um, in the place we played in. There's no advantage at all. <laughs> It is designed perfectly, so the retriever is, you know, fantastic, very court aware. Um, I mean, that, that is a good factor to think about, considering previous venues that we've had, but uh, not a factor to consider here. 
Um, what you got, Lou? Um, yeah. So yeah, Notorious like crushed us. They wiped the floor with us in in Austin. And uh, you play, it was the same. I mean, you guys played them again also in Minnesota because I watched yeah. I watched that matchup the other day. It was the they exact all, same thing. That was they not also fun crushed to us there. But, but let's let's just focus on last year. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know okay, what we had a really hard time with was being um, productive in our three ball offense, right? Like Justin, you pointed this out that like they're really good at blocking, right? Like they're used to like playing in the NCDA pinch style. They're very familiar with 8.5, they rock solid blocks. And so it was really, really hard to get out when we had three balls and we were soloing because I think that Michael Riley and Nick Hazergen are like phenomenal throwers, but they kind of overshadow how good their teammates are at catching. Uh, in particular, like, I've I've thrown catches to Wes Peters. Um, I've seen Breach like make ridiculous catches. Bruce uh, Kyle Bruce, I've seen him make crazy catches. Um, so I think that I anticipate Goat having issues like being productive in just kind of standard offensive sets. Um, mm. And I I feel like Notorious will be allowed to just kind of play kind of slow methodical game. And Riley and Hazergen are just going to blow things up. And, you know, after a couple possessions, uh, Goat is just going to be down like two or three players and it's going to it's going to be tough. So I, I see it being a, an uphill battle for Goat for sure. Yeah, I think there's a lot of dodgeball IQ in this matchup, and I think it's going to be it's going to come down to whoever can be more malleable and whoever ends up setting the pace is going to have to settle into their game and not get shaken up. And I think if Goat can disrupt Notorious's game enough that they have a shot, but I think that the depth and the catching ability, like you said, Lou, of Notorious, I, I think they edge that out. Yeah, for me, it's uh, I, I'm, the, I'm on Notorious for this one, mostly because I think for... Goat to win, they have to push the pressure, like push the pace, make it a little more transitional. But if you ask me who the best transitional player on the court is during that match, it's Riley. So if you let them play like a more static defensive game, you're playing into their game as a team. But if you play a more fast-paced game, you're playing into the best player on the court's game. And like, I don't know how much some of the guys on your teams have played, but the first time I played Riley and I was playing left corner, we played, I think we played, we went best of seven. And he countered me with that little low sidearm thing while I was backing up like four or five games out of the seven. Like he was just phenomenal with it. Um, he's really good at moving in that space. And so to me, like that is the the thing that puts them over for me. Going to read the, some of the comments real quick. Um, so Alfred said, uh, however, Notorious will have played together. Um, that's actually something I was going to argue too. Uh, they would have been, played together for years at this point and arguably made a big upgrade with Tom. And then um, Flint's Finest, which I think is uh, Felix, maybe? Blink once if you're if you're Felix or Flint's. But um, kidding. Uh, he says Tom was off of a shoulder injury. Uh, I'm not sure if he would have recovered. But um, I mean, he says all this time off should have helped him, but he would have been coming in from last year or so. It just sounds like this Tom guy um, really helps Notorious play their game even more so. Um, kind of leaning towards Notorious based off the feedback and trying to remember refing that game uh, in uh, Minneapolis uh, against uh, Fortune 
Lou, those guys were they, they they came pretty dang hard. Um kind of echo what you said with like the good throws and being able to block and the defensiveness. Um do you have a can you pull up or do you have it up, Lou, the um the depth slash ratings chart? I was just gonna say before we got there, uh based on the north talk that we had, both Wes and Tom were both having surgery. We factored that into where they ranked in the season. Right. And we basically were saying by nationals, which is what we're at now, they would be healthy. So I, I don't think we should factor that in for either of them at this point. So just swoosh. Uh, yeah. I was going to make a comment about Notorious. I, I know the one thing about them um, is that they have a lot of big windups on their team. I do think Goat is really good at the counter. You got Tyrell who throws literally a counter at me. Liter- I can't even exaggerate. Every time I go to the line, Tyrell throws a counter at me at this point. Um and then you got Ty, who has a really good shot. He could throw lefty or righty really quickly. I think they can fire off shots quick and um, get Notorious out. I know that's how Clutchbo beat him when we played them. Is that, you know, a lot of their guys, like Michael Riley, like he has a really big windup. And um, Nick Kazergan, he has a strong arm, but he also has a really big windup. I know a lot of those pinch guys like Cockback, and, you know, they really like to step in to throw extremely hard, but they're left exposed really long. And, and I think um, – actually with Sam Jones and, and Tyrell, that actually they'd be the perfect people to, to be able to counter those guys in those big windups in the middle and so on. So that that's one point. For me, It's I kind of lean towards GOAT if their chemistry works out by the end of the year. But uh, it, it is a close game, but I'm on the side of GOAT, honestly. GOAT, okay. Yeah, Sean, if you have Mike Riley being the best transition player in that game, um, do you have him – being kind of a lone transition player being better than three or four guys who can also kind of play that game from goat. Like, I mean, like, you know, it's, if they get into that transition game, can he hold that enough to, you know, beat three or four guys at least who can, who can just hold up playing that game also. I mean, I don't think he has to beat three or four guys. I think he just has to, you know, get early in the game, get one good counter and a catch. And then they're up enough that it, I, I just like, with teams that like with North teams, it's really hard because I feel like with any other ball type, I, th- I would pick Goat in a landslide with the, the way they've upgraded. But just with eight point five losing that power against a team that's really good at catching, uh, it's I don't know. I just don't know if it's like enough to me. Hmm. Um, real quick, Flint's finest is uh, Casey. Good butcher's name. B- Casey Bielik. Bielik. <laughs> oh, that was actually close. Cool. Thanks. Um, all right. So if I heard this correctly, we've got Sean for Notorious. Uh, Justin is recusing himself. Um, Chris is for Goat. Lou is for Notorious. Um, I'm leaning towards Notorious. Brett's got Notorious. Vaughn, last said it's kind of like a coin flip. Have you changed your mind at all or you've been swayed? Oh, I don't know. You know, I, you know, I was kind of thinking Notorious at first, but I think kind of the more I think this through, if they get into that quick, that faster paced game, I think Goat could take this game. So you know what? I'm gonna go with Goat. Let's do it. Crap. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got one more point just just to kind of rebuttal that a little bit. And because because the North is more of a a stand and bang region, I think that if you get the North settled on the back line, I, I think there's a big advantage there. So I I think that with you know with Wes, with Kyle Bruce, and with Tom Moran all on the back line. I think those are hard outs and a lot of times those are catches and you don't really have a lot of people to bury the Riley's or the Hazardans or 
anybody else really on that team that if, if there's a catch, you, you got a top player coming back in. Um, Lou, that did you were you able to pull up the uh, the ratings? Yeah, I have. I think, a, I think four, it's four two, right? Is it four two? Yeah. Uh, let's see, I got. Yeah, it's Chris and Vaughn for for goat, and the rest of you guys for for notorious, which I think is is fair. I'm just curious, what the was it a consistency rating or? Honestly, it works that there's seven of us because in most things there's going to be a four to three vote if it came down to it. Yeah, there's a few factors. I just wanted to maybe maybe we have to call this out for the for the next one uh, or the next matches coming up. But I know we, Lucas, you uh, you put together a um, I'm doing it again, Lucas, you put together a um, <laughs> a depth chart um, factoring in like percentages of throwing, catching, teamwork, um, depth. It was really cool. So we definitely have a lot of. Uh, like tools at our disposal, but um, I think, yeah, I think we're good to just move on um, with Notorious taking this one. Uh, let me refresh just in case any more votes came in. Um, should, should we just say 4-3, like it's going to go game seven and I'm, Notorious pulls it out in game seven? Is that kind of like <laughs> I imagine it's going to be super discussion? close game. Yeah. That makes it way more fun. I yeah, like it. I think it would be like a six or seven bruiser for sure. Like I, I don't think that goat goes away easy. Nah, it's uh, I'm sure it's a battle, and I would hate to to ref that, but love to watch it. Um, all right, so moving on. Um, <clears throat> next up, we've got outsiders versus clutch mode. Um, Bob, why don't you go ahead and take the lead here and give us some thoughts? Uh, outsiders national champs. No, too easy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. You know, it's we have me and Chris both here, so we can kind of speak to this. But you know, had I think, I think clutch mode is going to have some turnover. You know, obviously more than we're going to have, um, which helps us. I think we have bigger arms than they do. Um, head to head, um, it, it goes to us. You know, from past matches. Um, for me, I think this is a four-one, four-two match. Um, you know, no disrespect to those guys, but I think we just have the experience playing them, the experience playing with each other. Um, and I think just all around we have a better tool set. Shots fired. Um, I guess I'll go next before we uh, get to it. But uh, I guess the first thing I saw about Outsiders is that they um, they have six players going into this year. Is that it? the plan or were you going to pick up people? Yeah, no, that would have been the plan. So, yeah, okay. I'm assuming I'm assuming everyone's healthy here. And then um, we for sure would have had Chris Wheeler for round one, and uh, possibly for round two and three if round one went well. So, I mean, that's I think that helps us a lot. Um, we already had a solid team last year, and uh, we really only have one person who's changing. We're like we lost Dalton Byron, and we're putting Chris Wheeler in his place. Uh, not really any turnover there. Um, I guess some notable things that I saw were that um, for outsiders is that um, last year at Nationals, they lost 0-4 to Impact. I just wanted to hear more on that from Vaughn, maybe, how they got 0-4 by Impact in the um, bracket. I mean, last year we were just dealing with injuries. We had injuries to Elijah, to Jake, to Kim. Um, you know, there was just 
we got kind of screwed having co-ed day one because that's where all of our injuries came and then we got to open and we were shredded so i think i will say i you know adding chris wheeler i think is a big pickup for you guys um you know he's he's good and he's he's solid but i would argue that he played last year with ascension in the south and um you know, some would argue that Ascension um, would have been in this tournament too. So adding him to an Ascension team and, you know, us having that experience playing them and beating them, um, I think helps us there. You know, like I said, he's a good pickup for you guys, but I don't know that he puts you over the top of outsiders. No, I agree. I just, I just think uh, with the lack of depth, if you guys had stuff going into day two last year and you lost 04 to impact, that's, it's just, it shows that maybe might need more depth going into it. Um, whereas, you know, a clutch mode team, we lost uh three four or four three to Heat and Heat ended up uh four winning the next game, four twoing in the finals against uh Crisis. And uh, I think we ended up being their hardest game of the day. And we we were up in game seven. Um I I got hit on out on a play and you know it changed it a little bit. But we were up five players of three, I think, and ended up losing that game. So I, I think People underestimate clutch mode a little bit, and adding Chris Wheeler, I think, helps us a lot. I'm not saying we win this game, but I was just saying, you know, with the lack of depth, you guys are going in with six players and going in hurt last year when you had seven players. And, and, and to impact 04, and that's a team that in round three last year, uh, we were up 3-1 on, and we ended up, you know, not holding it off and winning. But it, it was just interesting to see that matchup go 0-4. Uh, to four. So that would be, like, my only thing for clutch mode is that the depth part of it. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, mean, I think it's fair to question, you know, the health of our team, especially having six players. So, um, I wanted to pick your brain, Chris. So, uh, outsiders loses the toss. You defer. You give them the burden. Like, what are you guys thinking? Like, you're they're coming at you. They're gonna solo. Like, wh- what are you guys doing on this first possession? Who are you targeting? Like, what's your move? Um, I guess. First of all, we we throw out someone um, without a ball. Um, So I don't know. I guess Kim would have a ball, you know, um, Vaughn and Eli. Or no, not Vaughn, but um, I guess um, Jake and Eli would have a ball. So probably Vaughn might be our first target to hit out. Um, I think that would be the best way to go. He's one of the leaders of that team. Um, I just think you take the shot on him um, and then, you know, let the rest of the guys have to step up without him. but I think, you know, if we get them throwing solos at us, I'm fine with that. Uh, I'm fine with any team throwing solos at us. Uh, I think we had seven or eight catches in our series against Heat, and that's not a fluke. That's consistently uh, against against Ascension. We beat them in, in no sting with seven catches uh, against a no sting team. That's just, that's just how we are. So, um, I mean, if they're hitting the shots and, you know, we're dropping balls and, you know, that's going to be an easy, probably a 4-2 or a 4-1 for outsiders if they're all healthy no injuries but if they're tired and they're throwing at us with six players i don't think they can consistently you know get us out um and so i think it's gonna be a closer game than what bomb predicted three four probably i'll still go to outsiders but i mean my vote won't count just because i'm a player but i um i'm just saying with that depth i think they'll be their arms are not going to be fresh and i think us as a catching team we're deadly um and we'll be able to uh put up a bigger fight than most people would think Justin, were you going to say something? Chris, yeah, I just was wondering, how would Chris on your team change your roster in terms of lineup? Would he 
slot into a corner? Would he move into the middle? Like, how have you guys talked about where Chris would play, or would that change anything for you guys going forward, or he just would slot into sort of fourth ball off middle? Uh, I mean, honestly, it would have been nice to play uh, with him so we could figure that out. Um, my plan initially, because um, TJ was a little bit banged up heading into the season, uh, he probably he might have been in the corner uh, opposite of me. Um, but the same, if TJ was healthy and, you know, Chris didn't want to play in the corner, then, um, you know, he was, he's been working a lot at being the guy, uh, with the ball in the middle. He, he practices a lot, um, at just different things. So I think he's a very versatile player or he's making himself into that. Um, so it would have just been like, where does he fit best? Uh, but like I said, we didn't get to play at all. So obviously we haven't figured that out yet. I think by nationals, we would have figured out that best spot for him to be with us. Just so everyone knows, Chris Chris and I played one-on-one foam over Christmas break. I smoked them, so <laughs> don't get your hopes up. <clears throat> I, uh, Who said the better wheeler? That was uh, Justin. Yeah, right out the right <laughs> out the get the uh, get go. Um, I wanted to ask Vaughn, like clutch mode is kind of a different kind of team, right? Like, how are you guys approaching them? Um, well, mostly we're approaching them, uh, looking to not throw catches, not put anything in the gut. We know, you know, Chris can catch. We know that they have, um, good hands on that team. So we're just going to look for, look for our shots, take what, what comes open, um, and just wait them out pretty much. Um, we know that they can get, um, or at least historically, I don't know about, um, this season, but they can get a little, uh, a little fast. So if we sit there and wait them out and just take the open shots that they give us, I think, uh, I think that's our, our best play here. Um, what do you think Outsider's biggest weakness is? What is Outsider's biggest weakness? Um, I think our biggest, biggest weakness is going to be, oh, man, um, ball control, probably. I think we do a pretty good job of it, but there are definitely times where we may um, – underestimate someone or something and um you know just get going a little too fast and lose lose ball control you know in the south it doesn't hurt us too much but um it can hurt us at nationals so i will i will just add in um our way to get to the semifinals in round three is we had to beat anarchy uh they didn't have mike mcgee but they're still a strong team without him and um, we fortued them uh we made a lot of catches on um, those guys, um, and anytime we we face Anarchy, I think round one, they knocked us out. That was a 4-1 game, but even Billy mentioned in the East podcast, it was like every single point was like a very down-to-the-last-player point. So I think we can match up with big teams. Uh, we matched up with Heat really well. Um, and it, it doesn't matter if there's big arms or, or not. I, just, I think we can match up well with any team. Uh, that will be the last thing is that we have won big games. So one thing I wanted to throw in there, I, I think you started kind of touching up on it, Chris, um, was the rolling with six. Um, and again, uh, I, I just my concern with that is always injuries. Um, and again, you kind, you kind of brought that up with um, last year. And so, um, yes, everything is, is ideal. Everyone's refreshed. Everyone's well-fed, whatever, um, ready to go. But if, if somebody on the, on the outsiders goes down, uh, I feel like that would just pretty much ruin you guys um if you have a uh how many how many people are on your roster chris uh or would have been eight and if we lose one then nine <laughs> okay 
that that's mine. Um, I don't know what that what that offers to the rest of you guys. Uh, but that's just something I've been kind of mulling over. Um, um I want to. I just want to jump in. I feel like. I mean, we're kind of like ignoring the elephant in the room. Like Outsiders is a phenomenal team. And I watched that knockout match against Rise last year at Nationals. And for a minute, it looked like Outsiders was the better team and was going to take it. And I think that matches like that are the ones that kind of motivate you in the off season and kind of keep you poised and ready to get back into that spot and kind of make a shift. So I could see that experience being really uh, foundational for kind of the the young core of the team. And, uh, you know, like I expect them to be better this year than they were last year. So um, I think I think they're the favorites for me here. And I think, as I mentioned before, Clutch is a unique team and our really good at making you uncomfortable at coming to the line and kind of conducting offense. But what I heard from Vaughn was just kind of the anticipation and preparation needed to kind of handle a team with such good catching. Um, And I I feel like just getting Jake and Eli out um, for clutch mode is just gonna be so hard with their solo throws. Like those guys are so talented and good at getting behind the ball that like, they're going to be able to stay in the game for a long time and get outs on the retreat. So I'm, I guess I'm casting my vote for team outsiders. For outsiders. Yeah. And to kind of piggyback, piggyback off what you just said, um, they're also, you got Eli coming from, you know, a gold medal win. So, I mean, talk about momentum and just coming into season 2020 ready to go. So for what that's worth, um, yeah, I'm just gonna go back to my being paranoid. Been playing for a very long time. I, I've seen what an injury can do; could just completely devastate a team. But um, that's not really so much casting a vote. It's just something to consider. Again, six people. You also have, you know, if you guys are fired up and and you have that synergy going, then it's not just not gonna be disrupted. You just run with a hot hand, no problem. Um, but I guess what we can do is we can kind of go down the list. Um, Sean, I guess if uh, if you wanted to cast your vote, where would you where would you go? Uh, yeah, for me, um, I just, before I give my vote, I just wanted to echo a little bit what Chris said. Clutch Road played us, like, we, we all look back at that game from Nationals last year, and we're like, they played us literally down basically one-to-one at the very end. Um, and they, and this is the, like, this is actually, like, one of the kind of matches that, uh, I, I like things like dice rolling for, because I think we all understand the Outsiders is a, like probably a better team has a little more top end talent, but like if there's like when you see like you never like we would never pick the upsets like last year the the run corruption went on if we were doing this for that bracket last year no one picks corruption being rainbows no one picks corruption being awesome there's no way we do that but right. uh, clutch modes is like you know they're one of those teams that they easily pull off up- upsets um, almost to the point you expect it um, their way to win this for me would be that they'd have to get Kim or Jake out early because I think outsiders offense dips, like it runs a lot through those two guys. Um, And if one of them leaves, I think it's a significant drop off in their offensive efficiency that would open um, clutch mode up to a lot more catches than if they stayed alive. Um, But 
I th I think at the end when if we're not you know doing variants or anything like that, I'm gonna pick outsiders, but it's close. Yeah, it's. I feel like once this is done, we'll we'll have a pretty good way to kind of predict or or gauge or maybe or maybe measure these variants. Um, and again, that that's kind of strikes my argument of of just the potential for injury. Um, Justin, you've been kind of silent. What do you, what are your thoughts? I think this is a really hard match because, like everyone has said, Clutch can get super hot with catching, can get super hot with counters. And if we're not factoring in variants like that, you know, it's hard to say if we're just going by talent level. I mean, I think that those top four players on Outsiders are probably better than anybody on Clutch. I think Chris is probably the closest to those top four. But, you know, so if we're just talking about pure talent, it's hard to say that Outsiders wouldn't win that matchup. But but I've seen Chris go and, you know, sorry, but I, I've seen him, you know, make double catches and then turn around and counter and make someone else get couch, you know? So to say that doesn't happen isn't, isn't, an, you know, it's definitely not a sure thing, but I can't say for sure it's going to happen. And over seven games, I think I would say outsiders has a better chance of winning. But I think it definitely is a close matchup. Justin, on your rating sheets, you have uh, Outsiders as the highest ranked team. Is that uh, like higher than Crisis and Rise? And is that how you feel? Outsiders is your well, favorite. I think that there's a, f I think that there's a factor that we don't count. In, like you have depth as a, as a same value factor as catching yeah, and throwing. They're not waiting. So like if we're waiting it, I don't think that actually factors in. But I think. Across the board of those five, those six categories or five categories, I think they top out on the top of those things, especially if you're talking about chemistry. I mean, half of them are related. I mean, so they, to me, they have to be one of the highest chemistry teams. Um, all of them can throw, all of them can catch. But I think something like depth is hard to, hard to rank in this system as well, because I, I actually ranked teams with eight players in terms of depth is actually a negative. Because I feel like it actually hurts your consistency. Whereas a team like Sit, you know, if you are healthy and you have six, it's your best six players. You're never worrying about like, oh, the crappier players coming in. You know, the the less good player of our players is coming in now, and you know our team takes a dip. You don't have to factor any of those things in. So, if we're not factoring injury again, you know, Outsiders is completely healthy, then I think their top six beats Chris's top six. So, gotcha. Um. Jenny says, personally, I feel like outsiders would take the game. They play very smart and are so talented that they can deal with any mistakes made so they'd be able to recover. Um, but she also says part of Clutch's game is to make catches to get back in the game. And kind of like what Vaughn said, they would they'd be basically focusing on just not letting that happen at all. So assuming, you know, outsiders is able to do that, they don't have any injuries. Um, I mean, it, it's, it's just up for further consideration if you guys want. Um, Lucas, you kind of cast your vote for for outsiders um brett you've been kind of signed what, what are your thoughts yeah i've just been kind of trying to uh absorb all of this i i have minimal experience with uh outsiders and i mean i, I know chris and clutchmo pretty well so i didn't want to weigh in too quickly but i i think if do you take out a lot of outside variants and i think it, it is under appreciated that Eli going and competing for the gold and being around some of, you'd have to say, some of the greatest in 
dodgeball currently that you don't take in what's around you. And I think that that needs to be looked at a little bit closer because if he can take away three or four things, that that can really help elevate the team a lot. Even if it's just points here and here, that could be a, a game or two in favor of outsiders. So I'm going to have to go with outsiders on this one. Gotcha. Cool. I think we could agree. Um, polls, 72 to 28% signing with outsiders. So, do, I mean, are we, th- are we thinking still like 4-3? Pretty close call with this one. Just, again, I know we kind of say we're not really counting outside variants or, uh, Sean, you're, you're thinking 4-2. to what do you think, Lucas? 4-2. 4-2. 4-2. 4-2. I just want to mention that I would love to watch all of these matches. Yeah, that's... <laughs> the ones that we've discussed already, like, the styles makes for such good battles. And, like, the best of seven just kind of is allowing, like, the situation to marinate and just delicious dodgeball <laughs> ensues. You can only just imagine our minds can't... Uh... Maybe someday. Um, wink, wink, Brett. Nudge, nudge. But uh, <laughs> all right. Well, let's go into um, task force against rise. So um, I guess we'll just start from the top. Sean, opening thoughts. Uh, uh my I talked I talked to Lou about this earlier. Rise to me is rise the bros for this tournament. Yeah. Um, I think I think Heat last year showed what an asset like true one to six depth is um like guys at every position who can open close play corner play middle um and i think rise kind of took that and uh made i I don't want to say a better version but for eight and a half like definitely definitely a more eight and a half centric version of what uh, we did with heat last year um so they're uh but that being said, I actually think Task Force is like a really interesting matchup for them because style-wise, I think uh, they they're both gonna play like kind of similar. And Task Force's uh, corners, I don't think necessarily are as good as Rises, but would be able to neutralize them in a lot of ways. And I think it would end up being a very uh, like whose middles get hits and whose middles get catches um, for some of these games, which would be I think really fun to watch. Yeah, and then you got um, I mean. You got three branded rise too, so you have a. I imagine a more tame. Um, man, how do you say his last name? Mariquin. Andy, Andy Mariquin. Yeah, there we go. I got. I'm, I was like mannequin, but um, you got more tame, uh, Andy. Um, you're bringing in Sean. You're bringing in Allen. Uh, obviously, they fit. They must fit into the program, and Brian that rises is bringing in. So um, I'm just trying to see if I if I'm from memory if, if rise has ever played task force uh, i'm sure well, they have i but... have uh, notes on that what you got chris i was just gonna say that um last year at nationals um task force went six and two in round robin and they were in the same um they were in that same grouping as rise uh they lost one to two to outsiders and then they lost zero to two to rise zero to two to rise hmm. that was last year last year uh the one thing about task force i'd say is that you know this would be the second year with the same roster so I expect them to be a little bit more solid 
But, um, you know, losing zero to two to Rise last year, and I think Rise is a better team this year than they were last year. I, I, I my personal opinion would be that Rise wins this one. Yeah, I have a feeling, um, whatever kinks they would have, um, and we kind of talked about this in the West, um, coming out the gate during the National Dodgeball Invitational, they seemed like they were pretty well synch- uh, synchronized already, and that was like January, February timeframe. So we're looking at, you know, rise in all of its glory with the, um, the merger. My my last note is that they essentially combined third place and fourth place last year into one team, uh, like the best players from the third place rise and fourth place uh, rank bros. Nice. Yeah, it's pretty uh, heavily favored. Um, Justin, any thoughts? Uh, from watching Task Force, you know, it's interesting. Sean said their corners would be able to, I can't even tell you who plays corner for, for Task Force. Every time I watch them, they rotate in and out everybody. Usually Nico and Zarin, though. I guess so. Um, and then I guess Nico, that he also would have had injury, so he would have been just coming back in round two, three, so he would have been healthy again for national. So I don't think you need to factor that in. But I, I just think that the, the institutional knowledge of, of Tim bringing in Alan, bringing in Sean, bringing in Brandon, and bringing in Andy. I mean, I you could argue this might be the the best arms that Rise has actually ever had since Billy Pyan years, um, which is pretty, which is saying something. So you know, I mean, that's a that's a really hard team to play. Uh, I feel like Alan and Sean and Brandon all sort of fall right into into Tim's way of how to play. Uh, if the one question is whether you know can they tame Andy to play smart? And, you know, the fact that they told me right off the bat that Andy was going to start in left corner. I was sort of shocked that he was the day one starter in left corner. I thought maybe Allen would play left corner for them um, just to sort of work things out and get Andy sort of going into the, the realm of how they want to play. But they said right off the bat Andy was going to start in left corner. So I think that, that would be the, the one question mark to them. I think I also think Andy gets like this reputation a lot of times for being a little more of like a wild gun than he necessarily has to be. I think he's like uh, a little bit like you were mentioning about some of your players earlier, Justin, about like when you're a clear early target or you have to make things happen as the only way your team can get wins. Um, sometimes that leads you into a little more like high variance play. Um, yeah, hero ball. Like, if, if you watch like Andy for Mexico at WDBF, like. He like he still has moments where he's like that, but he can be an extremely disciplined player. Um, so I, it didn't really surprise me that he went over there or that yeah. they would use him to play corner. I like that a lot too, Sean. I think that 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 keeps him in the game longer. That keeps him protected more, and you're able to utilize his arm a lot longer in the game. I was gonna say it also prevents his uh, meltdowns too. I mean, he's, his head's in the game, and like like you said, Sean, he doesn't have like a. I see with Allen a lot. Um, he definitely puts you know the weight of his team on his back, and and sometimes does um, plays a hero ball. So having him have that trust in his teammates, knowing that he's gonna be able to play his game and not have to overexert himself, pretty scary. Um, Lou, uh, also the drop off now, the drop off now from Andy to Allen is not as huge as it used to be when Allen would go out and they would switch to Jim on the corner, right. which is a much bigger drop off in terms of corner to corner in terms of team and what that player can do. 
So that's, is it, I was talking a little, it's not even like an, it's not even a downgrade even, it's just a side grade. It's like, if you get yeah. me out of heat, you have to deal with a Cedro at corner. And like, I think a lot of people would say Cedro is a better corner than me. Like you might say Allen's a better corner than Andy. And so like, then you even have to like weigh, do I want to get this person out right now? Because then I have to deal with this other person being protected, which might not be in my best interest. Yeah, but like you said, it's yeah, way, very interesting. Way, way different than Jim or, you know, Chris Bell sliding over to corner. You know, Alan sliding in there. A lateral transfer. <laughs> I will yeah. say another thing that, like I said before, the North is more of that stand and bang mentality. And I think if you look movement up and down the court, I think Rise takes task force all day. It, task force doesn't move up and down the court as well. And if task force is forced to, then they're going to get caught in transitions. They don't move as well, and it takes them a little bit longer to get set up. So I think Rise has a huge advantage there. Yeah, I'm thinking so too. Um, Lucas, what do you think? Yeah, that kind of oh, go ahead, Von. That kind of feeds into what I was going to say. Like the the biggest thing, um, you know, just roster wise, is you know we haven't seen Nico healthy in a very long time, so we don't really know how he's going to come back. But I think Mark is one of the biggest guns in the country as far as throwing an 8.5 ball but he's um, relatively easy to counter and so i think um rise will just pick that apart um you know we know that swat and gordo you know we know they can catch anyone in the country but i think there's just too much firepower too much knowledge coming from rise to for that to make too much of a difference but like i said i think mark is mark is one of the best 8.5 throwers in the country but i just think he is too static. He's too easy to counter, and they'll exploit that, and he won't be much of a factor there. I could see him popping uh, one guy off, and then that's it. Just shut down afterwards. I think Alex's arm is very underlooked. I, Alex has got a gun, and you know, I, I hate when he likes to call me out just because we've played together for so long. It it always leaves bruises on my chest. So I will say that Alex's arm is definitely underappreciated on that team. Well, um, let's see if I got any comments here. Lou? Yeah, let me, I'll jump in. Um, going back to kind of our wins conditions discussion, um, Sean and I kind of took some notes earlier. I think for Task Force to win, Nico needs to be really effective. And the hardest part about that is he's matched up against Tim Fullerton, right? Like, so I think. In, in a lot of respects, task force, you know, like their strength is being neutralized. Um, so then I think the next kind of big decider is like the productivity of the middles, right? It's like those guys like Mark Trapetti or Gordo or Swat or Furlong or Alex Arthur Watkins. Um, can those guys compete with like Brandon Cook and Sean Anderson and Alan Thomas? And I think that the Rise guys are just a little more versatile, a little more powerful. And in the long run, if they're just trading possessions, I think the Rise guys come out on top of that trade. Um, I think the other thing that like could be a factor in this is like if players like Kelvin who are super aggressive in the counter, like trade for, you know, uh, rise players. I think one of the nice, or 
one of the ironies of depth is that if everyone on the team is good, that means every out is a good out, right? And so if Kelvin and Gordo can get in there and make trades, those are really good trades for task force. Um, that being said, I, it's, this is a tough, tough match for task force. I think rise is like fully loaded at every position and we know what we're getting from Tim. We know what we're getting from Alan. And I think that Brandon and Sean and Andy are going to perhaps be more productive than they've ever been on any other team just because of the infrastructure. Hmm. I like when you say fully loaded because it's, it's like you, you have so many people to worry about, um, every position. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty clear. Uh, the favorite is Rise, um, 71% to 29 based on the polls. Also, I'm an idiot. I spelled Task Force wrong. Um, I'm glad it wasn't so bad that people couldn't recognize what it was, so my fault. But um, let's see. Some of the comments. Uh, Markel saying Rise can play fast or slow game. Um, so like you were saying, Lou, they're very versatile. Uh, Jen loves um, Vaughn's man bun, so good job. Growing that thing out. Um, I mean, I, I feel like we're all we're all in agreement with this one. Um, rise now. Do we care about score? Um, I'm thinking maybe four one. Just kind of based off. It's probably four zero. Four zero. I think it's a sweep. Unfortunately, I mean, in talking to, when I had that conversation with Alan and Sean, I thought one of the things that in, Sean said was most interesting was he was like so excited to play middle and just focused on basically being a middle. And not having to play corner, not pump faking, not covering. You know, he could just be singular, singularity in his focus, which I think probably make like Lucas just said, makes him even a more dangerous player. Um, so I think it's gonna be really interesting to see how the team plays together. Yeah, uh, talking about things we didn't get to see this year at all sucks. Um, what are you talking about? We're talking about it right now. Yeah, it's in my happening. mind, I'm, I'm seeing <laughs> right it right now. <laughs> Um, anybody else want to take a guess at what the score would be or shall we move on? I got four one. I think, I think task force ekes one out. I think they get lucky on a double out or something. They catch one. I don't think it's luck. I think they, they start pretty strong. They get one and then rise just like, okay, we're not going to do that again. And it's just I, it depends on who gets it. If Nico gets it, it was planned. If it's somebody else, it's luck. <laughs> Uh, question for the group: Who is yelling more, Andy Maraquin or Brett Furlong? Oh man, Brett. Yeah, Brett for sure. Brett, yeah. Andy has literal steam coming out of his ears, but Brett is yelling more. <laughs> Alrighty, um, let's see. Let's take a quick break. All right, so that was uh, part one of our um, quarterfinals of the 2020 National Hypothetical Tournament uh, recap. Um, huge shout out to everybody that um, last minute submitted some votes on the Instagram. Um, it, it's kind of reassuring to see that the panelists are kind of on the same page as uh, the masses that are that are voting. Huge thank you as well to those that submitted surveys and brackets. Um, We'll announce the winner, or at least I, I guess I'll announce the winner, um, obviously when we're done running through this bracket. And um, just on the off chance there's a tie, we'll have to figure out some kind of tiebreaker. But um, don't fret if you're still in the running. Um, I have not forgotten. But um, everything else aside, um, 
thanks for tuning in and thanks to those of you that participated in the uh the stream live chat as well that's always um a fun dynamics to these uh to these recaps and interviews but um without further ado we'll go ahead and end this part here and see you guys in part two Have a great rest of your evening. Great rest of your week. I don't know what I'm saying. Let's just do a... Uh...